This is a messianic study of the book of Romans. It's given in a midrashic setting, which is audience participation. It was given during the months of June through August 2008. The discussion leader is John Behrens. He's pastor of Restoration Messianic Fellowship. You can reach our website at www.crimsonthread.com. There you can find this study in its entirety as well as other resources for your messianic study of the scriptures. This discussion has been edited and a number of the comments have been either truncated or removed for clarity and continuity. Chapter 4, verse 23. But the words, it is counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Yeshua our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So what he's saying is, Abraham believed the promises of God the Father. He acted on the promises of God the Father. And because of his belief and his action, faith without works is dead. It was accounted to him for righteousness. And he is given to us as an example so that we can see that counting on the promises of God through Yeshua will work the same way for us. Does that so made sense to you? Okay. And, and oh, by the way, when Yeshua prayed, he prayed the same way God did, which shouldn't surprise you. I am going to talk about substitutionary atonement at some point here, but probably not right here. Uh, verse 5, or chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Messiah Yeshua, or Yeshua Messiah, sorry. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produce endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, where do we find grace to begin with? Back in Abraham. Back in the Torah, okay? Well, this same grace is available to us, okay? In other words, it is not something new that is some, suddenly popped up brand new at, at the New Testament. This is something that has always been available, and it's always been available to the circumcised and to the uncircumcised. That was what the whole riff was about with Abraham's belief being counted to him as righteousness before he was circumcised and before the giving of the Torah. That's what that whole riff was about. Because what that does is then says that the example that we see in the Torah of Abraham also applies to us. Okay? And just as Abraham believed in God, the promises of God the Father, if we believe the promises of God the Father with respect to Yeshua, his son, then that same mechanic applies to us. All right, so now we have this, more than that, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. That's what we've been talking about in Musar. That is the process by which one becomes useful to God on this earth. Okay? I mean, it's really nice and really entertaining that God loves you, and it's very important. 
not minimizing that. But God has also put you here for a purpose. If you didn't have a purpose, he wouldn't have made you. Okay? The fact that you're here means that he's got a purpose for you. And I'm trusting in most of our cases it's not to be a bad example. I mean, there are some people that are, that's their purpose, to be a bad example. That's not us. Okay? And what you have to do is refine your character over your lifetime so that the light of God can shine through you for other people. That's what you call the Great Commission. Okay? And what you want to do is get your character lined up with the will of God, and all of the character traits we've been talking about in Musar, 13 of them, are all character traits of God. And what you want to do is get them all into an acceptable range so that when people deal with you, they can see the light of God working through you. And that only comes through time, through hardship, through perseverance, and through the building of character. That is not something you're born with. Okay? And everybody is born with a different set of playing cards in his character. Some of us are born generous. Some of us are born with bad tempers. Some of us are born cheerful. Some of us are born colicky. I mean, we just have all sorts, every one of us, and, and those of you who are parents know that every one of your children comes with a different set of furniture. Okay? They do not come out of the womb all the same, and in 20 minutes, then they suddenly become somebody else. They're all different. And the whole point of that, I'm firmly convinced, is to keep you entertained until you die. Okay? Because what your spiritual furniture does is set you up with a curriculum. If you were born with a really bad temper, well, you now have a curriculum. And you have something to work on. Okay? If you were born a coward, you now have a curriculum. You have something to work on. If you were born with an excess of pride, or if you were born with an excess of humility, low self-esteem, you now have something to work on. Okay? So the fact that you are born imperfect and incomplete is by design. It is not a defect. Okay? And, you know, people look at their character flaws and say, Oh, me, I am such a miserable worm. God can never use me. Look at all this stuff that's wrong. No, 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 no. God puts you that way by design. It's not a defect. And what he expects you to do is to work on that for the rest of your life so that he can use you because you have perfected your character. And God will not perfect your character for you. Sorry. He will put you in circumstances where you will have opportunities to develop your character. Whether you take those opportunities or not is up to you. Okay? But yeah, he will orchestrate circumstances so that the things that you need to work on show up in your life. But anyway, that's what Paul is talking about here. Um, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts. So again, what you have is the love of God to sustain you in that process in the Holy Spirit who is your earnest, okay, your, your marker. Verse 6, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Messiah died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person he would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, 
and again, this is um, goes back to the rift with Abraham. Remember, when was it counted to him for righteousness? Before circumcision and before the Torah. So God is shedding the blood of his son while we are yet sinners. So it is not the case that you have somehow got to get your act cleaned up before God will be able to accept you. No, that's not the way it works. What you do is you come to God and he accepts you and then you get your act cleaned up. And the problem with most people is they come to God and he accepts them and they stop. Cool. I got fire insurance. I'm out of there. Okay? Or at least they think they do. Okay? And that's not what the plan is. The plan is for you, once you have come into the kingdom and family of God, to then work on your character so that you become a more useful vessel for him. And by the way, has anybody ever heard this, the phrase, God can't use a dirty vessel? Well, if that's true, he's out of luck. Okay? Because all of us have flaws. And, and oh, by the way, that's by design. So God can use you if you make yourself available. And he will put you in circumstances where your character can get refined so that you become more and more useful to him. Am I saying it so it makes sense to you? It, it, it's important. It's what I'm assuming the Christian church calls sanctification. Verse 9. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Yeshua Messiah, through whom we have now received reconciliation. All right, it's time to talk about it. Justification by his blood. One of the things that is fascinating, and we'll talk about Abraham, Adam, and, and so forth down further in the chapter. We ain't going to get that, to that tonight. What is it about the death of the Messiah that reconciles us to God? Right? You have to go back to Egypt. Okay? And what is it that delivered the children of Egypt, or the children of Israel, out of Egypt into the presence of God? The death of the firstborn. Okay, specifically the death of the firstborn. Read the script. Read his, read Exodus. Okay, he says that only upon the death of the firstborn will you be released. And most of us take that to mean, well, I got 10 things to do here. The last one is the death of the firstborn, and then we're done. That's what most of us think it means. What I think it means, and you may do with this whatever you like, is it is in fact the death of the firstborn that causes the redemption. He could have done that at number one. He could have done that first rattle out of the box, but he had some, he had some points he wanted to prove. So he went through the other nine, but it was the death of the firstborn that caused the redemption. Because you see, the next thing that happens is he says, not the next thing, but later on in the Torah, in Numbers, what he says is, when I took out the firstborn of Egypt, 
I sanctified all of the firstborn of Israel to me. There was a substitution made there. Okay? And one of the things that you should be firmly aware of is, you know, the bit with the blood over the doorpost of the... The only people that protected were the firstborn. Nobody else was in danger. Okay? So when the... When God went through Egypt, slaying all the firstborn, if you were number two son, you could sit on the porch and slip lem sip lemonade if you wanted to, and you would have been in no danger. Okay? Now, you couldn't do that because God said stay in the house, and you'd have been disobedient. But you wouldn't have been in danger of being slain as one of the firstborn. Okay? And furthermore, if you were a firstborn Israeli, if you were not in the house that with the lintel covered with blood, you were in mortal danger. Because the deal was he went through and took out all the firstborn. Right? And so then he says, all right, I've got all the firstborn of Israel. They all belong to me. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a swap. And I'm going to trade all of the firstborn of Israel for Levi. Okay, Levi now becomes mine. And oh, by the way, when you count up all the firstborn and you count up all the Levites, there was a mismatch of 200 and some odd. And that mismatch had to be covered with silver. Okay, but then you have a switch. So now Levi becomes God's. Well, who is the firstborn? Yeah, who's the firstborn? Yeah, Yeshua. Yeshua is the firstborn. Okay? And Adam was the firstborn of us, if you will. I don't want to get confused here. And so when he sinned and fell, he took all of us with him. So when Yeshua then turns around and pays the price, which is death, as the firstborn, what he does then is affect our redemption. Did I say that so it made sense? Absolutely. Okay. In other words, there's, there's a, a swap that's going on here. And we see that swap happen at the Exodus with the children of Israel. And God is saying, this is how it works. In order to be redeemed, the firstborn has to die. Oh, by the way, I have my son, who is the firstborn of all creation, who at some future time is going to die, and his blood will be shed in the tabernacle in the heaven, of which the earthly tabernacle is a copy, and that sacrifice will serve for the redemption of all humanity. Substitutionary atonement, have I said that so it makes sense? because we're out of time. So we'll pick this up here next time. Would somebody like to close in prayer?